link um, to all the photos that we have set up. Yep. While I while I'm doing the. Hey guys, welcome to Cast Strength. I'm Vito Josh. Long time out. Brad has joined us once again, only to oversee a slew of technical issues. So thank you guys for sticking with us. Yeah. And uh, we welcome you back. Um, like, subscribe. We really appreciate it. And when you want to know when we're going to go live, today we have the fourth expression in the Glenfiddich experimental series for you, Fire and Cane a very special guest to give us a community update and some advice when pairing whiskeys and tobacco. And as always, we'll end the show with some fiddly bits. But today, Josh, I won more, more spelling for donuts. I don't know what I just said there. <laughs> but I win Binging with Babish spells donuts, D-O-N-U-T. So I think I win here. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's hard to argue with Babish. Uh, uh, just to be fair, I'm the one that admitted that to you. I caught that on his uh, on his episode about making donuts, and I said, "Well, if there's any YouTube authority on how donuts are spelled, I guess we'd have to go with Babish. So he's got yes. the sexiest voice on YouTube for sure." And sure. Hell of a that, that is accurate. Yeah, that, he totally uh, does. And I'm just going to take that small victory because when it comes to stuff like this. I'm going to be a little bit of a jerk and I'm going to rub it in your face. D O N U T S donuts. It's fair game. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> I will be overruled by Babish. Damn it. As it should. Be. All right. So now, um, Brad, after the last little bit of trying to figure all this out, what is in your glass today? In my glass right now is some great King street artist blend. Yeah. Ooh ish blend from compass box nothing too heavy just nice light you know honey sweetness with the the little maltiness running through just nice easy to drink you know yeah no you need to pick that one up i have the the glasgow blend that um you talked about before and that one's that one's yeah, pretty yeah. nice that that one is nice the peated one this one's unpeated but right. you know tasty right um I decided to, because of course we know, uh, sadly, the American whiskey legend uh, Dave Pickerel passed away uh, in San Francisco at, at, in attending a whiskey event. Uh, of course, if anybody doesn't know, uh, he was master distiller at Maker's Mark for many, many years. And then, of course, uh, instrumental in the Whistle Pig distillery and then did the uh, blackened whiskey with Metallica as well. So... I'm having a little bit in his honor of the uh, Whistle Pig Old World, which is a super, super cool rye. Uh, it's a, a blend of aged in Madeira, Sautern, and Port Casks, which nice. is yeah. delicious stuff. What about you, Vito? What you got over there? I have uh, the Royal Lock Nagar 12-year uh, single malt that uh, for anyone that might think that sounds a little familiar, it's the expression being used by the Diageo Game of Thrones release for House oh. Baratheon. Yeah, so they're 
a couple of the other distilleries in the release um, are releasing uh, off-age stuff, like um, Lagavulin, I believe, is using a nine-year-old uh, release for it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Dalwini is using their existing winter... I forget what it's called, win uh, fro winter frost or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some, something or other, right? So Royal Lochnagar gave their 12-year um, single malt um, up um, for House Baratheon. Um, nice. And... It's tasty. It's fresh. Um, uh, today, I'm getting a bit of brininess from it, which is really strange, um, mm. which I didn't get before. But again, I was talking to you before about it. I've let it rest for quite a while now. Maybe that's what happens. But I'm actually quite, quite enjoying uh, enjoying this port today, more so than before. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited for that Game of Thrones uh, release. I'm, I'm a sucker for that marketing. So <laughs> yeah. Some of those sound like legit delicious. Oh, totally. It's that, that's the thing. Like not only is it great marketing, but it's also whiskey. I would totally want to drink too for the, for the most yeah. part. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so I think we have a fourth um, individual waiting to share um, what's in his glass and some other things uh, about himself. Do in we have a, some green room? Do we have a, some Bray Road individual on standby? You don't have an individual on them, but you have the whiskey, man. <laughs> Who let this wily bastard in here? Don't ask, don't tell him, nigga. The whiskey, Mariachi finds his own way. <laughs> <laughs> what you have there, Mariachi? Right now, nigga, I have a bottle of pocket branch, small batch bourbon. Very special to the Mariachi's heart. You know why? I'll tell you. It's because it's whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So does everybody, I mean, I assume everybody knows of the whiskey Mariachi now. Uh, he's He is famous. I mean, or infamous. Of the whiskey Mariachi. I don't know if they do, though. Yeah. Uh, where... What is the what is the origin of the whiskey mariachi? Where where did the mariachi find his love of whiskey, or was it always there? Well, the mariachi didn't always know that he loved the whiskey. He was born in the mountains in a jungle, and he found a cave with a bottle wrapped in leather. Unwrapped the leather, and I found a bottle of whiskey. I drink it and suddenly my life becomes clear. My mission becomes clear. My eyes become open to this entire community of whiskey lovers. And I see good things. I see horrible things. I see people judging. Oh, this guy drinks whiskey that's expensive. Oh, this guy drinks whiskey that's cheap. He's horrible. He's despicable. Oh, this guy drinks with ice. And the mariachi says to himself, no, this is not right. We must remember that whiskey is for everybody. Whiskey is for sharing. What are the models of the mariachi is? The life we live is for love. The life we share and the whiskey we share is for joy. So let's go around, regardless of what you feel about whiskey, and share the joy, amigos. And so be it if it comes in a bottle or a Glen Karen. 
I love it. I love it. Couldn't have said well, it better ourselves. Well put, for sure. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what, uh, what do you love about that whiskey you have there, Mariachi? Well, this particular whiskey is, of course, a bourbon. Most bourbons, they have a nice, even flavor. You know what you're going to get, but very variances. But this is a special one with a special distillation process that it creates a much smoother finish. Oh, nice. So you get the much, you get the traditional bourbon flavors, smooth finish, not great, not poor, just a beautiful drum for everybody. And that's what the mariachi is about, whiskey for everybody, no? To the, to the mariachi, all whiskey is good whiskey? Every single bottle is whiskey. You know, amigo, you have people that can afford the great whiskeys that are $500, dollars $5,000. And then you have people that can afford it. If you can swallow it, amigo, it's good. And it's good to share. If anything, you get a good laugh when you see somebody drink something like Canadian meat or hay club. It's hilarious, amigo. <laughs> it is a good time. It is a good time, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering about what, what would the mariachi's thoughts on uh, on Hague Club be? <laughs> Amigo, it's drinkable, no? I love to share the Hague Club. I drink it once, maybe twice, maybe even three times. No, four times. But I give it to everybody. And the face that they make makes the mariachi's heart beat with joy because I know they love it. They love to hate it sometimes too, no? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's very, very, very true. Yeah, next time you're in Austin, mariachi, I need to serve you some Canadian Hunter, I think. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I've always wanted to hunt a Canadian. <laughs> I, well, there's I two here go. for you to hunt right now, so good luck to you. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, so um, speaking of whiskeys, Josh, yeah. uh huh. do you enjoy space sides? Oh, God. Of course you do. Where is this going? They're delicious. Lots of sweet fruits, vanillas, a bit of spiciness. And when I think about space sides, what do you think I think the first bottle pops into my head, Brad? Um, that's right, it's Monkey Shoulder. Of course. Monkey <laughs> Shoulder is 100% malt whiskey made from mixing. Small batches of select single malts from space side that are expertly blended, then married together for a richness and vibrancy that combine with fruity aromas and mellow vanilla notes, making it a perfect whiskey for mixing. As a matter of fact, I'm having some monkey shoulder right now, and it's delicious. With a playful attitude and commitment to the unconventional, the people at Monkey Shoulder are bringing great scotch to a new generation of now at your local vendor and start something fun in your own vaults. How much are you getting paid by Monkey Shoulder? He's on the Monkey Shoulder payroll, I think. Seriously, shill, shill. shoulder now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Crazy. It's delicious. And it it look, looks like the mariachi has left the building, but we do, for some reason, still have a fourth person because uh, Raymond showed up. So hey, Ray. Did you see the mariachi? Hey, Ray. Yeah. Hey, how are you guys doing? How, 
Well, I, I saw a big guy running past me with a big sombrero. It kind of startled me for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like a great guy, though. Well, it's good to see you, Ray. It's good to see you guys, too. Glad to hang out with you. Yeah, this is an unexpected surprise. <laughs> Be talking to the mariachi all night. I'm okay with this. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the mariachi, he's a busy guy, and he kind of kind of wants to just make sure everybody's enjoying and sharing some good whiskey. Sure. Yep. Mariachi's a hell of a guy. He is. I uh, agree. Well, so Ray, bit of a bit of an expert in the in the in the pipe and cigar worlds, <laughs> I think. More so than any of us anyway. So uh, I was wondering, you know, what when you're smoking cigars or, or pipe tobacco, what's your approach to pairing it with whiskey? Because I always kind of struggle with that. Sometimes they overpower a little bit. Sometimes, you know, the, the cigar's too mild or too strong. Right? You know, what, what, what do you think is a good way to pair up whiskey with tobacco? Well, the biggest thing is if you're new to either or, you want to start out with the easiest to deal with. Right? So it's like if, if you're new to whiskey, you're not going to just hammer somebody with an art bag or an optimal. Sure. You're going to break them in with something that's a little bit more friendly, like Vito's favorite, monkey shoulder. Um, yes, the monkey thing, shoulder. <laughs> the same thing with the tobacco. It's uh, You want to start out with the lighter, easier to deal with flavors. And always remember that tobacco is going to dull your whiskey. No matter what you do, there's no way around it. It's going to dull it, and it's going to hide a lot of things. Right. Right. So... What I recommend if you're just starting out is you start out with what's called a Connecticut blend if you're smoking cigars, and that is the lightest of the lightest of cigars. You have very light, creamy, nutty, uh, vanilla-type flavors. It has a light wrapper, um, not an expansive flavor profile, and you want to take that and pair it with whiskeys, like just an everyday whiskey to start out with, like a bourbon, or maybe a nice Highland or space side. Camp out with that for a while and then gradually move up. And as everything, taste is subjective. So the more you adjust to those flavor profiles competing against each other, you can move up to a Habano, what's called a Habano or a Maduro. And uh, then you can begin to play as your power adjusts to all these things. And the same thing with the pipe tobacco. It's a little bit harder with pipe tobacco. Yeah. Uh, I know in, in my limited experience, I smoke cigars every once in a while, like maybe once a week or something like that. And, and usually I like I like pairing it with a smoky scotch personally, and I feel like it that kind of stands up to the cigar usually, um, especially if I'm smoking something like uh, I go for uh, Drew Estate's uh, Liga Privada. Uh, that's a good one. And uh, what's the other one I had? It was a Perdomo, uh, something or other that it paired really well with uh, whiskey. But this, then sometimes I feel like they clash, or you know, it, the cigar turns the whiskey into you know loses all of its flavor, like you were saying. So I think it's it's definitely crucial to have some guidance there in, in how to pair them appropriately for the best experience. So the, the easiest thing to do um, uh, is you is you compare like a Connecticut Boom cigar. Mm -hmm. to a more of aggressive whiskey. And yeah, there's big, obvious differences. But I find, for me personally, the more experience I have with starting at those bottom levels of both, as you get to adjust to where things are, 
Right. And then, then graduate, maybe increase the, um, the more expressive whiskeys and stick to the lower whiskey and gradually increase that. Then start going up with the good, with the cigars. Um, it, it really comes down to time and experience and, um, it's a slow process and it's an exploration and, um, it can be frustrating at times. Now, um, real quick, uh, Steve A just, um, gave us what he's pairing right now with his Ugadol, his Ardbeg Ugadol. Yeah. Uh, a Domo, um, is what he's enjoying with his uh, Ardbeg Ugadol right now. Very nice. Nice. And, and I'm going to insert here a little bit. Um, over the summer, I tried, and I don't know very much about cigars, um, but I had um, a stick of um, uh, Romeo and Juliet. And I'm not too sure if the gauges or the lengths really have a lot to do with the overall flavor of, uh, of the cigar. Um, you could probably tell me a bit more about that. But I found it paired extremely well with the standard uh, Red Breast 12. Not oh. the cash, just a standard. And I haven't tried a cigar. I haven't had a cigar in a while. It's standard now, so it's like really, it's really uncomfortable to stand outside, you know, or even in the garage smoking a cigar for you know forty five minutes to an hour. Um, but um, I'd love to try um, a Monte Cristo. Uh, sorry, Roman Juliet with the cast strength version to see how that compares to the regular. Sure. Um, sure. But I found I found those two work uh, very well together. When I had it in the summertime. Well, uh, another thing, I've, there's a difference in strength of flavor and then a strength in how um, how much nicotine a cigar will deliver, right? Uh, I've had definitely had the experience where I've been out drinking whiskey. In fact, a little few weeks ago, I was at the Wizard Academy and smoking a cigar out on the patio there. And uh, we left shortly after that, and I was getting just sick to my stomach, right? Uh, I was, I was like, it was too strong of a cigar, not, not in flavor, but in, in how much nicotine it delivered all at once. Right. Um, well, in cigars, there's a lot of variants, right? You have different blends, different styles. You have mixed blends. You have a short filler, long filler. Right. You have Connecticut, which is the easiest to drink, to, to smoke. You have Maduro, which was one of the most difficult. And sometimes you can have the combination of all now, one thing you got to take into consideration is, are you smoking on an empty stomach? Oh, that, yeah. That's going to make the cigar a little bit more powerful than it otherwise would be. I didn't oh, know that, actually. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I definitely hadn't eaten that day. <laughs> yeah, and then also, uh, going back to what you're saying, Vito, as you smoke that cigar, the flavor is going to change a lot. Just like the flavor of a whiskey as it gains more oxidation, if it sits on the shelf as you've been drinking it slowly, it's going to change the flavor profile. Except with a cigar, the longer you smoke it, the shorter it gets. All those oils and, oils and everything, you're drawing those in. So uh, when you get to the base of that, those flavors are going to be more pronounced. Maybe you're going to pick up different notes. Right. And that also is going to change the, the pairing of your whiskey. It's going to change the dynamic that little conversation you're having between the whiskey and the cigar. Okay. So uh, that, that may answer some of those questions. So that totally sniper easy. Mac one in the uh, chat is asking Ray, what's in your bowl and what pipe is that? 
<laughs> Check out this pipe. And, and real quick, I think a sniper Mac uh, from uh, Toronto. So oh. this within my bowl is a Dunhill London mix, which it's a combination of a, of, um, a little bit of Latakia and um, Virginia blend. It's a very easy smoke. It's a nice tobacco to pair with pretty much anything, really. Um, you wouldn't want to go to something like Hay Club because that's it's close to vodka as you can get in the whiskey world. Sure. Not a lot to compare there. But it, it pairs nicely with the Speyside Highland, and you go on up and up and up. It doesn't compete too much as far as that goes. Sure. What about uh, what about storage of stuff like this? I know that's super important, right? Especially cigars, but I'm sure with pipe tobacco as well, like storing it properly, keeping it uh, at a proper humidity, and all that. Um, what 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 do you what are your tips on that? Cigars. Um, it depends on your preference, but generally, if you stay between 65 and 75 percent humidity in a humidor, which is just a usually made out of pine uh, box. Mm-hmm. If you can stay within that humidity range, that, that'll keep your cigars forever. And the most you'll notice is some light kind of dust-looking things on your cigars. It's called plume. That's actually a good thing. It's not mold. It's not bad. Um, that's aging your cigars. With pipe tobacco, it's a little bit easier because all you got to do, if you, most time if you buy it, you're going to buy it in a pouch or a can. If, as mm-hmm. long as you put it in a, a sealed container like this, you're fine. It'll last you for a good long while. And if okay. you're worried about it, I mean, you can put it in your humidor with your cigars a little bit to increase the humidity so it doesn't dry out too much. Mm-hmm. I know what works well for me is I have a little, um, it's it's a small humidor. It's, it's like a lunchbox, right? It's kind of like a plastic clamshell thing and it's meant to, as a travel humidor and it can hold like 15 cigars or something. And I buy one of those little, um, little hydration packed Bovida, I think is what they're called, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, stick one of those in there. It's kind of, you know, it's not, it's not like a pretty beautiful humidor where you can store a nice selection of cigars for a long time. But for somebody like me, that's great for having a handful, and you know, I'll keep them for a few months and smoke them once a week or something like that. Um, that tends to work pretty well for me. Um, I didn't know that about pipe tobacco. What was what's that? I didn't know that about pipe tobacco, though, that you could just sort of pop it in a jar and it's good to go. Yeah, as long as you're in a sealed container, it'll it'll last you a good while. And, and uh, just check it every once in a while. If it seems like it's getting too dry, just pop it in there with your humidor if you can. Um, yeah, the, the, pro, the usually with the Bovita pack, mm-hmm. it's something that I plan on storing long term. I generally don't use the Bovita packs because they're generally only good for about a week or so. And a lot of times in a small humidor, they can over-humidify. So you have problems with, with burn issues on your cigar or unraveling. Um, okay. It can kind of look like um, if, if you wet a piece of paper and you see the little ripples, mm-hmm. your cigars can kind of do that too. So generally, I mean, they, they sell these little little circular things with like a little sponge in them. Right. Put a little distilled water in there. With uh, maybe a um, uh, what's it called? A gauge to determine your humidity. 
that tends to work better for me if I'm storing those cigars for a long time, if they're just special occasions. But if I plan on smoking them within the next week or two, the leader packs are great. Yeah, the uh, I've even heard of people using like Tupperware in a yeah. package. They call it so a Tupper, Tupper door. <laughs> you know what? I was looking. I was looking at at um, a peek behind the curtain. I was looking at a little rundown sheet here, uh-huh. and I saw tu- I saw Tupperdoors, and I I was so confused. I was like, "Did he mean to spell it that way? Is that just like a weird thing that I don't know about? Like, what's, what's a Tupperdoor that th- that sort of makes sense?" And I kind of and I just saw uh, um, Mike um, in the chat once once again say. You can rehydrate with a Ziploc bag and a damp paper towel. And if that's something that works, I can totally see that it hap- like being something that you can use in a Tupperware or a Tupperdoor, if you will. Right. You can. you can. You can use a damp towel. You can use a sponge. A lot of people put them in the freezer. But when you're rehydrating cigars especially, it's extremely tricky, and it, they're extremely temperamental once they dry out. Right. You can easily ruin it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's very tricky, and um, it's it's a crapshoot. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Oh, he 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 um, he added for pipe tobacco. Okay, yeah, that's that's very easily something you can do. Pipe tobacco cool, cool. is way different than cigars. Okay, you sure. Can, you have a lot more leniency, um, and because of that, if they go too dry. There's you can save them. They're not going to unravel because you're packing it. You're not. They're not pre-rolled and everything like that. Some of the styles of pipe tobacco, like a jelly roll, for instance. I mean, it is rolled, but you can easily rehydrate that and make it to where it's manageable. You might dull the flavor profile um, and the process, but other than that, you'll be good. I just saw uh, Ed Ed in the uh, chat from Rock Gut Review. There was talking about how he uh, stored something in Tupperware. It wasn't cigar, but Everclear and Miller Lite, and called it Everbeer. Oh God! <laughs> sure. Only only someone from Wisconsin would come up with that. <laughs> yeah, that's very Wisconsin, isn't it? Like, hold on, cheese curds Wait a minute. Everbeer. Stop everything. Ed's in the chat. Yeah. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna just uh, quickly just announce or talk directly to him at the moment. Oh, he's got a bone to pick. Uh oh. Um, with Brad directly behind me, figuratively. Rock gut reviews, helmed by Ed and his father. Wonderful channel. Check them out. Great content. Great reviews. However, t- uh, Canadian Hunter versus Canadian Mist. Uh, episode. Now, in the beginning, Ed does a very lovely job singing the Canadian Canadian national anthem. Well done, you. It was beautiful. Absolutely, I love it. However, one of the images, as part of that montage, struck a chord, and not a good chord. <laughs> a bit of a bad chord. Nickelback is not. Our national pride. Oh, Nickelback. Oh, sounds like you're in the Taliban. Ed, do not get me started. I love you, (laughs) but Nickelback is where I draw the line. (laughs) (laughs) A good line, Celine Dion. If you're Canadian, right? 
Billy Talent, Sum 41, Rush should be number one on that list. <laughs> I will not tolerate this. Ed, you have my attention, and I will get you guys. Oh. <laughs> Just for, for the record, for, for all you Americans out there that aren't aware, I will not tolerate this is about as angry as a Canadian can be. <laughs> also, also, I'm really sorry. I got really ups really annoyed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like eight seconds before the apology. Oh, you know he's pissed. You just witnessed Canadian fury. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So sorry. Saying I'm sorry sounds so insincere. I'm sorry. Now that sounds serious. <laughs> so, 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 so. <laughs> uh, um so yeah so um i have a really quick question for you ray going back to uh going back to something a little bit a little bit less heated um what is your advantage you've um been able to sort of um pair for i did a bad job at asking that question but best cigar slash Tobacco, uh, tobacco verse uh, with your is the most thing you've you've had to date that works. To me, my I love uh, wood notes and uh, my whiskey and my cigars. So the 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 best pairing that I've had is either the Gurkha twelve year Stella Reserve mm -hmm. with the Deanston Virgin Oak or a Grand Habana with the Deanston Virgin Oak. Oh, okay. See, Adam. Adam would love to hear you say that right now because he loves the virgin oak. Yeah, yeah. He really likes that that expression from Deanston. It's yeah, tasty. It, it's incredible. I I love it. The first time I tried it, it tasted like freshly cut wood, and uh, that's changed obviously as my palate developed. But uh, that's what it takes me to it is. Just like a sawmill, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful little scotch that's affordable. That's what I love about it is you don't have to have a lot of money to have a great, great scotch. Yeah, I think that's just it. I, I, w I wouldn't even call it like underrated or something at this point. It seems like a lot of people are really, really singing the praises of the Virgin Oak, but it is, mm -hmm. it punches way above its weight. Yeah. Roy Roy sure. from Aqua Vitae, which is another channel if you don't follow, you definitely should go take a look at Aqua Vitae. Um I believe it's in the, our our homepage if anyone needs the should link. Be. Um but um he today released uh one of his recycled um whiskey videos where he goes through a uh, 15 whiskeys and he recycles them. He talks really quickly about each whiskey and I believe he rated the the Virgin Oak eight or eight and a half and he, yeah. he he was really impressed by it oh yeah um i still haven't tasted it and i live 20 minutes from adam uh, i definitely have to get that um get that as part of my uh my repertoire soon because i hear nothing but good things about it yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things you can't go wrong with i mean you really can't it's got something for everybody i think yeah, Deanston's a great distillery overall. I've never had anything from them that I've been just disappointed in. Um, Virgin Oak, the 12, the 14. Excellent stuff. But we have an entirely different distillery 
offering to talk about tonight, right? We do, we do. Yes. It's time for the weekly dram. The Glenfiddich Fire and Cane. This has been a popular one recently, right? Yes, it has. Uh, all three of us. Unfortunately, Ray doesn't have one, but he uh, is going to stick around. And maybe if we give some tasty notes, this is a complete surprise. We didn't discuss this. Uh, maybe if we get some tasty notes to it, he can maybe suggest a cigar or um, tobacco to go with it. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can just experience the fire and cane vicariously through our descriptions. Sure. Next Absolutely. time, Nick, we'll make sure that you, uh, if you haven't had some by then, we'll uh, get some in your hands. Yeah. Uh, so I've had it. You've had it, Vito. And Brad, is this your first time having it? It's not. I, I have had it once before. Okay. Okay. So I've all- had I had it I had a small like half poor tasting at the Caledonian in Toronto. Another shout out just because that seems to be what I'm doing today. The Caledonian Scotch Whiskey Bar in Toronto, part of the Ardbeg Embassy. If you're ever in Toronto or if you live in Toronto, get down there. They're awesome. Um, they host uh, whiskey tastings. I had a small little pour with the Canadian um, Glenfiddich Ambassador. Uh, about a month ago, and I got a small tasting, and I've been craving this ever since. Yeah, it's really delicious stuff, and I think it's the first peated Glenfiddich. Is that right? No, actually, they the Master Distiller ran a peated run for a somewhat of a larger release back in like '01 or '02, if I'm not mistaken, was the year. Uh, but they haven't done anything since, and it was kind of like a one-off run that gotcha. they did. But they normally run a peat. Uh, uh, I think, I think what I remember from the from the tasting is Glick actually runs peat a peated run once a year. Uh, but if um, but this the peat that came from he, that they use for this is from Belvini, which is right across the street. Right, right. They use the peated the the peated um spirit from Belvini to to um you to for use in this expression yeah they're uh, kind of sister distilleries or something i guess right i think so something like that yeah so yeah it's peated uh lightly peated but uh lightly peated, yeah, rum casks. it doesn't take much peat for you to really uh get the flavors though no it absolutely so comes you can definitely pick it up they strived they strive to not o- overtake the influence of the um, of the latin what they say is Latin uh, rum casks um, with the peat. So they, they, they lightly peated it. It was ex-bourbon, initial maturation, and then um, up to six months in the Latin rum casks. And you get you get a bit of peat on the nose. You get a bit of sweetness as well. Um, also, for people wondering, it's uh, there is color added to this, but it's non-chill filtered. Oh, sorry. My apologies. It is color added and chill filtered at 43% ABV. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the smoke does really come through on that. Yeah, very, very lightly on the nose. Yeah, and the taste, it, it kind of remains um, that Glenfiddich light, fruity character still remains despite the peat and the dark, uh, rich rum influence as well. You still get sort of a lightness from it. Yeah. The finish is so, is so beautiful. 
top of your of your of your of your of your uh, mouth is that con does that still consider the palate whatever yeah you can call it that yeah 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 so it's it's strong for me it's strong on the on the roof of my mouth mm -hmm. beautiful richness can taste the, a bit of that rum influence yeah almost like an icing sugar kind of sweetness yeah I, yeah 100 yeah, yeah but it, it is first with that with that peat you do get the peat at least i get the peat right away and then i get the rum and then on the finish i get like a spear of if you ever had um sugar cane and like not on a, like a, a piece of sugar cane before. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, like I get that, like just coming in from the back on the back end, just to sweeten up everything. Yep. Um, the um, it's not terribly complex or anything like that. I think it's I think it's a really tasty, interesting, um, but fairly simple and light whiskey. So it's it's different. It's unique, but and and I find it to be uh delicious but at the same time it does lack a little bit of depth to me sure. i can sort of see where you're coming from but for for me it kind of fills and i don't know how much is it in in um in, where you are in austin yeah no it's it's a great value it's around 40 bucks yeah for, for Super when, cheap. when when it hits when it hits store when it hits the lcbo in canada where um me and brad are in ottawa in ottawa in, in ontario um it's going to be about 80 dollars and oh and right oh 80 dollars canadian so that ends up being 60 us yeah yeah something six, right around there um for us up here for in comparison to everything else, mm -hmm. um, I it's an it's almost an instant buy for me. It meets it meets what I what I would want at that price point in Ontario for for me. And it's, yeah, it, it is it is it's absolutely delicious. I can see what you're saying. It's a little a bit shallow, right? Yeah, I don't mean to say it's it's bad by any means. No, 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 really absolutely, absolutely. Oh, no, oh, it's it is amazingly drinkable. Mm -hmm. it's 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 scary drinkable like we were talking about this, <laughs> yeah, dangerous. About this the other the other night dangerously uh, Brad, drinkable like it, yeah the first time you had it we were talking and you're just like oh wow this is dangerous yep, that's better, the, that's better put the this bottle thing. away because if it's next to me it's going to be a problem that's, that's the first thing that me and adam said to each other when we first tried this um at the bar is like wow this is going to be dangerous when we get a bottle of it okay i got a question for you guys what memory or place does this whiskey take you to? For me, I grew up in uh, Arkansas and Louisiana and New Orleans. I spent a lot of time in New Orleans uh, growing up. And um, there, were, there were places out in the country where sugar cane would be growing on farms, etc. And every once in a while, I'd be driving somewhere with my mom, my dad in the car, and I'd get out. Uh, on one of these farms and snag a piece of sugar cane right out of the ground and you know peel it open and gnaw on the sugar cane like like we were describing earlier and it absolutely reminds me of exactly that brings me back into that uh, <clears throat> side of a louisiana road farm chewing on sugar cane as a little kid that's awesome
Nice. Yeah, makes me want to find some sugarcane because I haven't <laughs> not on any sugarcane. I feel like I'm missing out. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's like it's like sugar juice, but also kind of like chewing on splinters at the same time. <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's really okay. not actually that pleasant, yeah. but it's sweet. It's, it's, maybe it's, I'll it's, maybe I'll just pour another dram of this. Then. <laughs> yeah, you're getting the experience well enough there. I think. Yeah, it reminds me of the first time I went to Cuba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just not even because of the, of the sugarcane, which actually I didn't have uh, any in Cuba or even in um, the Dominican when I was there. I've had sugarcane uh, at a market in Toronto, um, but um, it, it just kind of gives me that sort of Caribbean air. Like it just kind of just reminds me like the smell and the, the finish of it just reminds me of all that, all, all like just sitting by the beach and having like a, like a nice um you know caribbean rum and just relaxing and the bit of that brininess does come through with the peat a little bit Mm -hmm. very very light it's not it's not it's almost like you it's it might not even be there it might just be there for me just because my mind's playing tricks on me but um like it just it just kind of it brings me back to being on a beach in in the caribbean and um just ease just ease that's that's what that's what this speaks to me is just it is kind of a nice, like, comforting. Yeah, just eat, take it yeah. easy and, like, mellow out and relax. And It is. The smoke is kind of a campfire smoke, and I see uh, uh, Gretchen and, and a few other folks in the chat mentioning that, that it's 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 not really like an Isla kind of smoke, right? Like a wet moss. Right. Camp, it's a little... like campfire the next day after a rain sort of deal. Right, right, right. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. That, that kind of made up my decision as far as what to pair that particular whiskey with. Um, there is a, I would pair it with a cigar. I think it's a, 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 a beer, a career, career, a beer. Anyway, it's called Mr. Brownstone. And I would pair it with either the Habana, which is a new release, or a um, the Maduro. Mm. And the notes that you get off of those, with the Habano, it's a lot softer, but you get like a Mexican chocolate. Sure. You, okay. And you get, uh, you get toasted like walnut and um, a very kind of, um, with the Habano, it's kind of a subtle earthy tone. With the Maduro, it, it's a lot more intense. But I, probably the Habano would probably be better. Mr. Brownstone Habano, a beer Carreras. That sounds like a fantastic pairing. Yeah, I think it would go really nicely. And one thing to keep in mind is that the strength of those two cigars are a little bit stronger. Even the Habano is a little bit stronger than most Habano. Mm. So, you know, you don't want it to kick your ass when I make it to that <laughs> But sure. I think what you're describing is you have the, that, that sweetness, that sugarcane sweetness, which is used uh, predominantly in Latino cultures. For, for cooking on all sorts of things with that Mexican chocolate, toasted walnuts, you know, all that. I think that would combine to just, just make an absolute pre- pleasurable experience. Maybe, you know, sit next to a room with a campfire or a lake or something. That'd be great. Yeah. You know, I've seen a, in the chat Canadian Whiskey Smith, um, which I believe is Teresa, right? Yes, it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mentioning Aaron as a, they have all those cask finishes and stuff like that in their line. 
as something she would prefer to the fire and cane here. I'd be, t I'd tend to agree. I think if I was presented with a choice, I'd take the Aaron as being a little more to my liking. But uh, but I, I, just I haven't, I've, enjoy I it. haven't had I haven't had the Aaron. Yeah, you haven't had any Aaron, huh? No, and surprisingly, I I live twenty minutes from the Aaron King. Adam, right. so. Yeah, he's the one who sold me on it. So, uh, um, Brad, you have a bottle of Aaron, don't you? Uh, yeah, I have the uh, Amaroni cask one, I think. Okay. Now, how? Out of curiosity, you've opened it up, correct? I, I have. Yeah. It's, how would you would you compare it? How would you compare it to this? Uh, not not even so much compare it for been for the too price long, point. So I'd have to like A B it, but okay. Uh, I I would say probably more complex than right for sure. Okay. A little but more body to it in in the same ballpark, but with the complexity boosted up. Right. right. And they're not far off on price point, at least around me. Uh, maybe within ten dollars of each other. So I'm not sure what Aaron costs, but uh, for you guys, but so, so let's say for the price, and I, I feel like we should probably do the Aaron at some point, maybe sometime soon. Yeah. But for the price point, and I'm not gonna gonna take part in this because I don't obviously don't know. But um, let's say both were eighty dollars, or. Forty dollars, uh, forty dollars in in Austin. About forty five for the firing cane. Forty five. So let's say they were they were the same. Iron. They were the same price. Yeah. What would you aim for? Uh, at the same price. I, I'd take the Aaron if I could only choose one. Right. Ditto. Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I need to try the Aaron because I really like this. So. Yeah. And of course, the Aaron's got five or six different cast finished versions, right? And yeah. The Aaron, Aaron, yeah, Aaron was crazy, and I, I think the. I think um, on the Whiskey Vault channel, they recently talked about Aaron, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they've definitely had it on there before. Yeah, uh, the 14-year-old's yeah. quite nice, too, as uh, oh. us in the chat there. Yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, they, I think they talked about it very recently on a Tribe episode. Or they were just drinking it, and they mentioned it. But anyways, yep. yeah. Um, I, 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 bottom line, I need to try some more, more Aaron, or I need to try a uh, Aaron. And, and I'll be, and Aaron. I'll, be, I'll, be I'll be texting Adam uh, immediately after we uh, we sign off to, uh, <laughs> to do it. But yeah, no, th th this is um, this is wonderful. Um, more than what I remembered. Um, for me, beautifully peated, just sweet enough. A really nice in between, like you mentioned, Josh. Not a lot of, but I for me, I don't think it needs it. It is what it is. It's. Yeah, it's a bit of peaty, a bit of sweetness, and it kind of marries very well together. Kind of like just nestles in a small little uh, bundle of uh, a bundle of scotch, if you will. A bundle the, of scotch. The, it's, the, it's just a nice, comforting, fairly simple thing. I think uh, just, did you complex just enough. a new term? I think you just coined a new term instead of like I, a pour or a dram. Just give me a bundle of scotch. A bundle of scotch. I love it. <laughs> Done. I love that. Barkeep, I will take one bundle of scotch, please. Excellent. Um, yeah, no, uh, I can see what you're saying. Like, if there was too much going on in here, then, you know, the, the, the rum influence is very clear and distinct. The light, fruity character of the spirit is very distinct. And then also the peat comes through as well. And if there was a whole bunch more going on in there, it might just kind of muddy things up. Yeah. True. So, um, yeah. So, I think, I think that's it. 
Yeah, I mean, solid recommend for me. Oh, um, if I if I if I can add a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna away. The lovely fiddly bit that comes with the bottle, a oh, little yeah. a little notebook. Sure. Yeah. It comes with it, it. It details two different tasty notes. It it gives you, um, a smoky, tasty note and a more sweet, tasty notes. Right, because their whole deal is that some people perceive it as more smoky, and some people perceive it as yeah, more spicy sweet. Which, which is the first time I've seen uh, I've seen that being being as part of um an expression of of any distilleries two separate tasty notes one very much directed at the on the peaty side and one very much directed at the sweet side yeah it definitely seems to be a part of glenfiddich's marketing angle these days like they have the code right where it's all about how what do you perceive in it right um quite smart actually yeah yeah they're trying to i didn't even even consider the code they're not dictating to you exactly what's in it they're saying oh some people see it this way some people see it that way try it for yourself and what do you think yeah which is a clever way to present whiskey i think Damn it, Josh. We're going to get emails now because the code is Glenlivet, not Glenfiddich. Oh, he got me. Uh, my bad. I've had too much to drink. You've been psalmed. Oh, there it is. <laughs> my bad. Glen, Glenlivet, Glen, they're all the same. What are they? Glen something. They're all, what, what's the, it's all whiskey, right? What it's even fine. is a Glen anyway? People are going to be really upset. No, serious. I, I know what a Glen is. You know, I, I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so with, my bad, with, my bad. with with that fiddly bit and josh's just absolute thrashing of any sort of i don't know how to spell Scotch donuts. knowledge i don't know what glens are <laughs> i really i mean come on we're eh, gonna we're we're gonna fine. transition we're gonna transition to our segment of fiddly bits and I'm going to um, go right to our f- good friend Ray with his lovely pipe in hand. Is there <laughs> something that's happened in your life recently that you could recommend to the people of Cast Strength? Something that I could recommend. Anything from music to video games. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things, right? Um, I'm a big blues aficionado. Ooh, so love something, blues. blues is something that I would always recommend. Oh, and yeah. C6 Steve is an older gentleman that didn't get a start until he was 65 years old. Hmm. Right. And um, homemade instruments, and he's incredible. And um, he's somebody that he was a real-life hobo and um, – cut his teeth on a three-string guitar that was just a junk guitar that he thought was haunted. And uh, he's come out with the most incredible music I've heard in a long, long time. But uh, that's that's the fiddly bit that has really changed my life and, and kind of refreshed um, my passion for the blues because it, listening to his music, you really... You can feel his authenticity, authenticity, and yeah. his passion not only for blues, but for life in general. And that's something that all across the board, whether you're a whiskey guy, tobacco guy, music guy, whatever, um, 
I think we all can relate to is authenticity and just a passion for whatever it is that you do. Music speaks to everybody very differently. And um, mm-hmm. regardless yeah. of what wake of life you come from, blues tends to, blues and, you know, the old-timey jazz and whatnot, tends to transcend a lot of different uh, yeah. aspects of individuals' lives and just kind of hits you where you need to at the time. Yeah, that's, that's funny that you should even bring that up today because uh, I've, I've always been a blues guy from way back when, even when I was a kid. You know, I'd listen to, to blues stuff that my parents had, records around and things like that. And I get into a wide, wide range of music, but I was feeling pretty bored with everything that I was listening to recently and kind of kind of down about that because music's a pretty important thing to me and kind of always has been. And uh, I randomly put on some blues records today at work and, and it really just lifted my mood. And like, I just was instantly into it. It felt like going back home, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Josh, you've heard me sing a little bit of blues. Yeah, that's right. Back at the opening um, for Crowded yeah. Barrel. Yeah. That was that was a that was a fun little um, that was that was a fun time. We got we got to do that again. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um. So yeah. So um, Brad, what do you got going on? Uh. Well, some people might have noticed this box that has been sitting beside me. Which right in the corner there. your box, Brad. <laughs> oh, boy. The Scotch Whiskey Advent Calendar <laughs> from Secret Spirits. Which is a whole bunch of little sample bottles of whiskey as an advent calendar, one a day in December until Christmas, of all kinds of different uh, sort of... Uh, I guess these are all like uh, barrel picks and special bottlings and things this time, so it's all very... Especially just for the advent calendar. Yeah, that was my understanding as well. Interesting. Having 25 different whiskeys to try next month. Nice. I'm excited to come over unexpectedly and <laughs> try some. <laughs> all, all kinds of little samples. Oh, look at that. That's a, that's a nice, nice, nice size. You've, uh, yeah, you've it's, it's already pretty... got yours, and I still haven't gotten an email confirmation about mine shipping. Canada. The, the only time where it's helpful to be Canadian is if it's actually shipping from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the deal? It was shipping from Canada? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, they're out of Alberta. Okay, that makes sense then. It, it, you know, was not All I'm saying is you're lucky I don't have a passport and none of you would have any more whiskey. Matt, get <laughs> a passport and come up here come on ASAP. Up. Straight Working up. On it, I'm gonna Do see it. you next week, right? What are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not gonna get into what you're gonna be. And, and I'm gonna see Vito in two days. Wow! <laughs> can't, can't, Toronto meetup! Hooray! So yeah, so that's uh, that's good. Um, so what about you, Josh? What's what's going on with you? Well, um, we were talking earlier this week about how much we just really love the. Um, recycled reviews that Roy Akavite does. And uh, yes. we've been talking amongst ourselves. We don't want to just copycat that segment that he has. Of, and if, if nobody's seen it, they're brilliant, right? So a lot of times when you're doing whiskey reviews um, or you're watching whiskey reviews, they uncork it, right? Like the Bourbon Night guys, they have the uncorking segment or, you know, it's something that they're opening for the first time and trying it, right? Uh, 
what Roy is doing is waiting until he's finished the bottle and then giving you his final statement, having spent some time with it, seen it change, and gotten to know it a little better instead of the uh, first impressions is kind of the final word. And I kind of really enjoy that. And he'll, it's about a 20 minute long video where he goes and he, he brings out whiskeys and tosses them into the recycling bin, giving you his opinion on each one. So I finished this one this week. This was Glen Goyne 12. And uh, this was recommended to me by uh, my friend in the UK, Andy Morris. Got me into Glen Goyne, recommending it highly. And uh, I spent some time with this, and I've tried some of the other expressions as well. I think it's a fantastic value. It's an excellent Highland Scotch. They don't do anything heated, uh, but they do run, they say, the, the slowest stills in Scotland. So they run them very um, low temperature for a long time, which encourages kind of a light and fruity spirit. But it's um, it's by no means boring. It's got a lot of apple and, and uh, lemon and, and a coconut notes and stuff like that in there. Um, and I definitely saw it change, you know, from the beginning to the end of the bottle. Um, it got more creamy and I think having, uh, it seemed better integrated, I think, as I got past the neck pores and got a little further down, it seemed to kind of open up and uh, present its best self to me. And it's uh, 43%. Uh, the 12-year-old's not too terribly expensive, generally. But, um, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. I would absolutely recommend it, and i buy it again. So. You know what's great about what Aquavite does with that and what you just did is I view whiskey as a story, right? Yeah. I drink whiskey to discover that story, what it says to me, whether a memory or – um, something that I imagine. And what's fantastic about that is that bottle down kind of point of view is that for me, it provides an opportunity to see that story complete in another person's eyes. Exactly. So, and that's, that's, that's spectacular. And I, I think a, a lot more people uh, should review their whiskey in that manner to kind of, uh, Put that final chapter in that bottle and um, get excited about opening opening that new chapter, whether you repurchase that bottle or not. Right. And Roy makes an excellent point. Uh, I've, I've heard him say it a few times that he doesn't like to even give a public opinion on a whiskey based upon uh, the initial pour because sometimes sometimes those can be great, but other times they, they do need a little bit of opening up to present their uh, best self to you. Right. And even when he does open up sure. a, a fresh bottle, he did he did a live stream a couple of weeks ago where he did. And he even said prior to opening it, he's like, take in mind, this is my fir the first pour out of this bottle. It may not be what it actually is. It needs to oxidize a little bit and kind of marry itself and all that. Right. So what he what he mentioned in one of his videos is like a relationship. Right. When you when you first open that bottle, it's just like an introduction. It's like saying, how are you doing? You're you're, you're getting acquainted. And then as that relationship develops, you really find the character of that individual and you really find the, uh, the connection you have on a personal level. And you can see if that's going to be a relationship worth keeping around or not. Right. Man, you're so deep, Ray. <laughs> so deep. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to keep my comments to myself. Right. So we were, we've been talking about doing that, uh, you know, instead of just, taking this bottle, 
pulling out the cork, saving it and throwing it away. Uh, maybe each week saving if, if we happen to finish a bottle or maybe even doing the final pour if, if we're to that point uh, in the week uh, on, on the live stream. Right. Yeah, we've been talking about, we've been trying to uh, figure out a couple of like different smaller segments to add and, you know, as, as we streamline all this, this process for us and you guys um, coming up with stuff that would be a bit interesting and, you know, that's something that we were th talking about the last couple of days is what happens when we finish a bottle? Should we do a, uh, a bottle review? Should we... Uh, you know, save a bunch and do something not quite like Roy, but take a bit of inspiration from him. So there's a bunch of different things that we're going to be hopefully trying out. And, you know, this is a, a bit of an experiment for us. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you guys are, in, are have been enjoying and continue to enjoy, you know, some of the craziness that we try to incorporate <laughs> into this journey that we have going on here. Yeah. 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 So. Absolutely. Um, well, what about and, you, Nudo? And I want to just take a quick moment. There's going to be something else that I'm going to review, but I also want to just take this moment to, um, on behalf of all of us, um, send my thoughts and my my strength to uh, Mike uh, Lissak's family uh, during um, a bit of a of a, of a tough time. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, it's 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 a shame that. In this, in at this point in our society, that it's still prevalent, uh, but it is, and cancer uh, affects everybody uh, in some way, in your families and whatnot. Um, and just want to reach out um, in more ways than one. Um, if you need anything, you let us know. We're here to listen, to talk, to um, you know, give our encouragement and our support. Um, we're all here and um, all the best um, for the coming procedures, um, you know, with uh, with your loved one. Uh, and uh, hopefully everything works and, um, you know, everyone comes out better for uh, at the end of everything. So, um, uh good health to uh, your family. And yeah. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. We love you. We're here for you. Now, uh, on a lighter note, um, I can. I want to recommend a game. Uh, I haven't played the game yet, but I've seen it played because my buddy won't let me play it. Uh, Red Dead Re Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. Got what a beautiful game. <laughs> I've been watching my buddy play it a couple times. Holy moly, man. Gorgeous game. Yeah, it really is. It really um, is. I, my buddy and a couple other people that I know that have been talking about it have said nothing but great things. If you own... If I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's it's playable on most platforms. So like Xbox, PS2... Uh, well, PS2. Wow. <laughs> I, am dated. I, I am so dated... Um, not, Xbox, not and PlayStation. Xbox, Xbox and PlayStation. Xbox and PlayStation. Xbox and PlayStation. Definitely. Um, if you're if you played the first one, I played the a bit of the first one. It was amazing. I can only imagine how good the second one is with the amount of time that they've had to work on it. Uh, 
yeah can't take wait a look for it at, to come take, out on game gear It'll, it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah take, take, take a look and uh yeah so let's uh let's do this oh and um, mike just responded going back um his wife is uh, kicking ass and going back into remission so excellent beautiful um, keep strong let's do this we'll get through it and uh fuck cancer oh can i say that i yes, did it anyways you just did <laughs> so yeah um, um yeah it's your jeremy sims is like it's gonna be on dreamcast master system nes the oh, it's everywhere <laughs> if it's not atari or regular nintendo i don't have nothing to do with it man <laughs> so, I, so you're not dated i am dated the only system i have is n64 <laughs> Actually, you know what? And the game yeah. that's hooked into it right now, hold on. Uh, Super Smash Bros. 64. Whoa. <laughs> old school. Rock on. So I've, uh, been, I've been asked twice now in the chat to tell a story, and I don't – if you guys have time for a quick story about how Daniel Whittington broke my cigar humidor. My you know old- what? I meant to ask you about that earlier. I saw, <laughs> I saw a certain individual ask that earlier. I was just gonna let it pass by, but then it came up again. So let's so. let's do it. Give 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 us your uh, give it. us your story. Okay, so I had it's a little plastic lunchbox like cigar humidor, right? Like I was saying earlier, but I had a small one to begin with that was a little bit cheaper than the one I have now. And we were out at Wizard Academy for happy hour and uh, hanging out like in in the uh, Wizard's Tower by Daniel's office. And uh, we decided to go down and smoke some cigars with people. And so we're sitting there with Daniel and his wife, Hale, and my wife, Gretchen. And then I think we had uh, two or three other people there, maybe Deb. Um, anyhow, sitting there drinking whiskey, having a good chat, smoking cigars. And then Daniel had been done with his cigar for a little while. And, and he set it down and he said, hey, uh, I don't really want to go back up to my office and get another one. Could I, do you have a cheap smoke in there? I could, I could borrow from you. And I said, man, here you go. You've been nothing but generous to me. You can take anything you like out of here. So he opens up the, uh, the small humidor and breaks one of the latches off in his hand completely. and <laughs> just completely snaps off. And he just terrified, you know, just mortified. <laughs> he had just broken this in his hand. I said, "Oh man, that, that's okay. It's it's a little latch, little plastic piece. It's it's no big deal. Just calm down. You didn't you didn't break anything that was like super expensive. No big deal." And he goes, "Oh, no. Well, fuck it." And then he chucks it into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> he <Amazing>. would. <laughs> that frustration with wrecked coming out on that latch. Yeah, uh, Gretchen went and retrieved the latch from the woods. And is holding on to it as some sort of a, uh, a lucky charm or something. I think. To this day. Well, she, Dan- she Daniel is rather wee, so a lucky charm is quite fitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He he made he made good. I hope uh, he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably too busy. But I mean, he made good on the whole deal, though. The next time I saw him, he gave me a nice cigar. You know, as uh, a, a sorry for breaking your humidor. So, <laughs> yeah. so, Speaking yeah. of Daniel and humidors and stuff, the crowded barrel cigar is pretty damn tasty. Yeah, you were there for the opening day, so you got to test out their uh, their. It's it's a separate blend um, wrap, or how would you how do you describe uh, 
a cigar. Well, it's a it's a blend designed by uh, by Daniel um, Daniel and Rex. And what they did was they used the the hand roller that was there, the guy that was there hand rolling cigars with that specific blend. Uh, I, fr- I think it's part Nicaraguan the the filler. I'm not. I think the Honduran is maybe. The, I mean the wrapper is probably Honduran. Okay. But it's built around. Um, but uh, they use that as kind of like the testing ground to see if they're going to band it and sell it at the um, at the distillery itself at the tasting room. And um, it's really a spectacular cigar. It's one of the few cigars that I've tasted that has buttery notes, mm-hmm. which, I, which I found was just beautiful. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what went into it, but the uh, the shop that made it is called Babalu. And that's, yeah, Babalu. that's just up the road from my office here in Austin. Um, and they they roll you know, cigar shop, but they make all of their cigars in house. Of course, the tobacco comes from uh, what Nicaragua or something like that. I think. I, I think it's Nicaraguan. I mean, it, it, you could get it from anywhere, but I think um, I think what they specifically use is Nicaraguan, and it's all long filler. Mm-hmm. Um, long filler is basically um, leaves, full leaves that have been sliced lengthwise. Uh, the short filler are usually, not always, but usually just the end pieces and scraps that they use. Um, and you get a difference in flavor profile. It's not as consistent. The burn on the cigar is not as consistent um, with short fillers usually, not always. Um, but these are long fillers. And um, they're, they're a great little stick. If you ever go to Austin and uh, go to the Crowded Barrel Distilleries and uh, see them, uh, go ahead and pick one up. And um, yeah. had the Eleanor, and it pairs beautifully, specifically, I think it's with the 60. I think that's the chapter three, maybe, of the Eleanor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was the 60. Yeah. Yeah. I'm almost positive I remember it being the 60 as well. Yep. Yeah, that's that 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 pairing, the the flavors, the flavor profile of both both is so consistent. Uh, it's just beautiful, and um, I I highly recommend it if you have the opportunity for all of you. Well, I think yeah. well Brad's going to be there soon, but I am. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I I should be there in 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 uh, February. Beautiful. I'll, I, I'll, I like me some cigars. Uh, hopefully, if they have some available, I'll definitely definitely take a look. Yeah, they on, your recommenda- on your recommendation, Ray, and if it's not good, I'm going to hold it to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, by well, golly, well, man. Don't make me whip out my Canadian wrath. <laughs> not again. Not twice. Not again. Not a nickelback incident. We already it's gonna be. It's going to be a thing. Hashtag Canadian nickelback incident. <laughs> well, as much as your Canadian wrath is terrifying, I will do my best to 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 hold strong during uh, during the beating that I'll be taking. Just 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 give me a, a nice uh, friendly handshake, and we'll be good. There you go. <laughs> and, and, with, and with that, we're gonna say good night to the mariachi. Good night, sir. Good night <laughs> so to. Much. Good night to uh, the Brad, and good night to uh, the Josh. 
And good night to everyone else that's uh, been uh, joining us through this little bit of a hiccup of a night with the technical issues. I don't know what you're talking about. This Hope. was perfectly fine. This is a professionalism. The professionalism, the professionalism is on we another are level. Professionals here at Castle. Really quickly before we say good night, I'd like to say I'd like to say to you all, thank you for having me on. Thank you for having the Whiskey Mariachi. It's truly been an honor and a pleasure to learn from you guys and uh, share some of my experiences with you guys and everybody watching. And uh, I'm grateful for you all. And uh, I hope I was able to contribute to your experiences as much as you've contributed to money. Man, Absolutely. we, we, we love you and your your contributions. Uh, we, we wouldn't be able to, uh, to do this episode without you. So thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, so thank you to everyone for sticking around with us through everything um thanks for making the chat fun hopefully um you know we're we're gonna keep on making this thing fun and interesting and uh as long as we have you guys around for the ride it's gonna be a lot of fun so stay classy stay safe fuck cancer love you guys slancha